You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 187 of the Talking Chop Podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. Joining me, as often, is Eric Cole, and uh, yeah, that happened, Eric. Yeah, uh, this was a rough evening for Braves baseball. There's, there's, I will, I do want to say that there are some positives that one can take from this game, but there's also a lot of really weird things that happened, and also some th- things that were just really bad. So, uh, overall, kind of a tough night over. And, you know, not, not not the most fun evening, to say the least. Yeah, and uh, obviously you're talking about game one of the NLDS. If you're somehow stumbling on this podcast for the first time, welcome. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're not, if you're a veteran listener to the podcast, you will know that we're going to drill down pretty deeply on some stuff, um, knowing full well that, you know, it's not ever just one thing that loses you a baseball game. Um, but there was lots of little things that happened here. One thing that I wanted to say at the top, though, is that that is uh, it's the ninth consecutive Game one loss for the Braves in the playoffs. That is the longest streak in MLB history of a franchise losing game ones. Um, that doesn't hard really to, matter, I guess. But man, I mean, it's, <laughs> hard, it's, it's hard. It's hard to win postseason series when you don't. You know, when you can't. When you literally can't win game one. Well, I mean, and that that kind of leads into the fact that we just talk, we discussed this, you know, ad nauseum on the preview podcast for the series, but not winning a playoff series since two thousand one. That's how you do that: is lose a bunch of game ones and get in, get in holes and um, not be able to climb out of them. So you know, nine in a row. MLB history was made, I guess, in a suboptimal way. Um, I mean, we could we could start with some. I don't even know where to start. If I'm being honest with you, live on the podcast, I don't even know where to start with this because you know the Braves lead essentially wire to wire. You know they they took a first inning lead, they score. I guess it was tied briefly in the fifth, and then the Braves took a lead back in the sixth with two runs. So they led four, one, two, four, five, six, six of the nine innings, and they were tied going to the ninth and so yeah they, they trailed they trailed once essentially it was in the ninth inning um and yeah that that's it's like you know the loss counts the same at the end of the day but the way that this happened was especially brutal i mean do you want to just go in chronological order to a certain degree here and we'll just kind of fly through the early stuff but there was some stuff early in the game that didn't matter so i don't want to just blow past it in favor of the late stuff that obviously matters more but you want to just go down the line here? It's probably easiest yeah, that, way. That, that, that seems like the the easiest way to stay organized, to be honest. Because I mean, we could we can we <laughs> can so much we, stuff could, going we, on we, we can you know harp on the big Acuna story that is just making me mad about how people we're, are handling that. We're gonna get that. there, <laughs> and or I can talk about the bullpen, or you know, I, I, there's a lot of things I could just do, go off the rails on. So, but to say for the sake of being organized, let's let's kind of just go through this chronologically. Yeah, I was briefly worried. Um, maybe in the third or fourth inning that we weren't going to have enough to fill like a 45 minute podcast. And then I realized very quickly that wasn't going to be a concern <laughs> um, once everything started happening. So, you know, we'll yeah, start, we're going to be here a while. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's start at the beginning. I mean, we'll go big, relatively big picture from the uh, early, I guess the first five innings of this game that were kind of quiet for, for the most part, you know, Dallas Keuchel, wasn't great, I have to say. You know, he he did his job though. Four and two thirds innings, he allowed eight base runners, five hits, three runs, and uh, sorry, five hits, three walks, and only one run. Um, he was not super crisp. Um, even early on, when he was getting quick outs, they were you know basically hard hit balls right right at guys, which is it's fine. And again, he he did his job getting through almost five and only allowing one run. At the same at the same time though, he he was not. Fantastic. So let's just talk about Keiko for a second. That's kind of my only thought, honestly, is that, you know, he did his job, but he wasn't great. But what did you make of what you saw from him? Because, you know, ideally you're going to be seeing him again in the series. I mean, he, he didn't seem to be fooling them very much, that's for sure. And the the, the trouble with that is that when you, ha- when you have the kind of stuff that he has, like your command has to be perfect. And 
you know, you know when his command's on, when he's actually getting some, you know, he's missing some bats. He didn't miss any. The Braves didn't have a strikeout until Max Fried came into this game. So it's kind of one of those things where you worry a little bit that, you know, if you have to see him again in the series, like it seems like the, the Cardinals have a pretty decent plan against him. Um, and look, some he had some bad luck, and there's there, there's a lot of things that can one can nitpick about. But the the bottom line is that he, his command is just going to have to be better because he was leaving pitches up fat over the plate, and when he was missing, it wasn't like those really close misses that we you know like sometimes you know the um, it's umpire dependent. It wasn't really particularly close, and you know I don't know if that has to do with you know some some people made a big deal of like you know it's not Tyler Flowers. You know, catching him, it was McCann instead, and you know his his ERA is significantly better with with McCann. I think it was just he his command was just not on tonight, and that's unfortunate because you know it kind of made it where he couldn't go deeper into a game, and you could kind of not have to deal with the bullpen turning into what turned into a total disaster later on in the game. Yeah, I mean, it's not the greatest matchup in the world for Keiko, which we alluded to on the preview podcast. You know, he's a lefty facing a right-handed heavy lineup. He isn't an overpowering pitcher. Um, no, not at all. And, you know, he again, he, he pitched well enough. It, it, he was not the reason why the Braves lost this game by any stretch no, of the imagination. No, no, he was, he was fine. When he left the game, the Braves were in a favorable position. They were fine. So I'm not killing Keiko, but because he started, I want to at least talk about him a second because he'll be uh, kind of forgotten, I think, for the most part in this game. But he, he was okay. Um, that's kind of where I will leave that for now. The only real fireworks um, in the first few innings of this game, the, f- the only run in the first four innings of this game happened in the first inning when the Braves probably should have done a little bit more. Um, Ronald Acuna drew a leadoff walk with a nice at bat, an eight-pitch walk, I should say, um, but he was thrown out at second base, um, got a really weird jump and kind of ran weirdly. That became, you know, like the fourth story for Ronald Acuna on this night, um, but what did you make of that coming out of the shoot? Because uh, Snicker, after the game... Um, did did not uh, give him any cover. He definitely he basically said that Acuna did that, did that sort of on his own. He has the green light though, which is worth noting. You know, it wasn't as if he was going against the Braves' wishes, but that was a uh, an individual call from Ronnie, from according to what Snicker said. And honestly, he was out pretty comfortably, even on a uh, an off speed pitch. Yeah, I, mean, I think he just like he was almost like he second guessed himself right before he did the jump before he took off, and ultimately it cost him. It's it's tough because you have Molina behind the plate, and you know even though he's not what he used to be, he's still a very good uh, catcher. It was, a, it was a great throw, regardless. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's you know Molina is very is very good, and if you're if you kind of hesitate, you're gonna probably gonna end up getting caught. I don't mind the call on he he picked he picked the right pitch, and you know just Molina picked it and you know got him, but you know it was a bad spot because. I mean, that was the inning that, like, Mike, Michaelis was just, like, could not throw strikes to save his life. And, you know, that means they can go you, – you you have, you know, runners on first and second, and, you know, then you can actually start doing some more damage. But at the same time, you know, Acuna is just going to be aggressive on the base paths, especially if he's healthy. And while it stunk that that happened, I, I, am, I am hesitant to be critical in that regard because, you know, if he takes second and then Ozzy, you know – hits a single then all of a sudden that's a a run for the Braves too so it's a little bit aggressive and probably not the best spot but at the same time I'm not like it's not something I'm like super upset about yeah I didn't love that you know I said that in the moment as well on Twitter I I thought it was not a good a good decision with that said it's not like a ridiculous one you know later in the inning um Albies obviously uh you know, reaches, which is unfortunate, because <laughs> um, and then Freddie singles. So it was like, oh, that kind of cost them a run. It's like, well, yeah, it it kind of did in some respects in the first inning, but you know that's a very typical thing. Like guys get thrown out stealing bases. It wasn't a an abnormal thing to have your leading stolen base guy who stole what thirty seven bases in the regular season try to steal in the first inning of a playoff game. That was not a weird situ- situation. I know it was Molina, um, and it wasn't a pretty attempt by any means, but I wasn't outraged by them by him trying it it's just worth noting that it, it did cost him a run at the end if uh, if he was safe compared to you know we're not going etc um but the, they they did score in the inning because uh, Colton Wong who is a good defensive second baseman by any description um booted a potential double play ball i'm not sure he would have turned that double play candidly but it was at least a possibility against 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 a relatively slow runner in Donaldson um but that that gave the uh, Braves a, a 1-0 lead Wong hadn't played in a long time, and that was probably part of that because he's again a really good, a really good uh, fielder. But uh, 
at 1-0, you're feeling pretty good, even after the Acuna stolen base mishap, because you still have two runners on base. Um, but Marquecas and Joyce did not put together the best of bats in the world against a guy who was really struggling early on, and, and Michaelis, who he, he, he definitely settled in. But early on, he threw 27 pitches in the, fir- in the first inning. He was kind of bad, but Marquecas and Joyce had kind of just lazy fly ball outs. And uh, it felt a little bit light is what I had written down, and I still feel that way. Like the Braves probably should have been up 2 nothing, 3 nothing, something like that after the first inning. Yeah, I mean, and that was kind of the story of the first inning is, is it felt like that you that you sh- they should have been doing more damage. I mean, you know, they had a bunch of base runners in the first inning. They only get one run out of it, and it's only because, you know, Wong boots that ball. And, you know, it, it felt like, and it still feels like, the reason the Braves were in this game was because the Cardinals kept giving them chances. You know, there was, lot, there was lots of defensive lapses on their end, and, you know, that resulted in Dansby driving in two runs. And, but the story of the first few innings was that they had these opportunities. You know, McCann gets a double in the second, and, you know, then we have the Keuchel bunt that, you know, at the very least you have to bunt it to third to get the third baseman off yeah, let's the bag. Talk about, let's, talk about that, let's talk about that now because that that was, you know, aside from the the early portion of this game, the two controversial plays on the Braves side were the Acuna steal attempt in the first inning and the bunt in the second, which with McCann running, you know, I, I took sort of a straw poll of, you know, national people, people that are not invested in the outcome, and basically everyone was like, you can't bunt there um, because Brian McCann is so slow. And I'm with you. I, I, I hated the bunt. I thought it was bad because of McCann running. But if you're going to do it, you've got to get to third base. If you don't get to, if you don't get to third base or, or pull it, one of the two, you cannot – the pitcher can't field that ball because McCann is so slow he has no chance, like no chance of being safe. It was, it was yeah. not close. And as a result of that, I get the thinking, I guess in theory, is that McCann is so slow that if, if you get a single, he's not scoring from second. And I totally understand that. But – he at least has a chance. Like McCann could score on a single from second. It's not likely. But there, there are ways that that can happen. Versus the the bunt, you're giving up the out. Obviously, <laughs> the outfielder falling over dead. Well, you know what I mean, though. Like there are singles yeah. where he would score. Like not many, but there are singles that he could see it happening. But yeah, I mean, I didn't like either of those things. I thought the bunt was a bad call, and nobody asked about that. I have to assume that was a called bunt. Like, people were trying to excuse that because because of the fact that Acuna could have been stealing on his own in the first inning, which he was. Um, I brought up the fact that these two decisions were being made, and um, the bunt one is not... No one's choosing to bunt on their own. That was a call. That was a call. That's just what it is. I don't... It, it probably didn't cost them a game again, but at the same time, that was something that we had to talk about, and we didn't. I mean, yeah, and it's just one of those things where McCann on second... And not giving up the out versus losing the runner and getting an extra out, which was probably a likely scenario given that Dallas Keuchel is not a good bunter and not a good hitter at all. You know, it's it's one of those things that just, it's hard for me to, to grasp. Now, it's it's also I'm willing to concede that there was probably not a strong likelihood of any good outcome from that at bat. But no, that one was argu- good that, <laughs> but, but but that one was arguably the worst. And oh yeah, the worst outcome possible is McCann suddenly being off base, because if he, I mean, having Keuchel at first does a lot less for you. I know McCann is slow, but you know that's much better outcome. It's just Keuchel striking out is a better outcome than what happened there. That's pretty clear. Um, so yep. yeah, I mean, again, I've seen worse decisions. It wasn't completely and utterly indefensible. I thought it was bad in the moment. I thought that when it was happening before he got thrown out, I was just like, you know, why is he bunting? Um, but you know, if it's a normal runner, you would, it's kind of interesting because you would argue that you don't need to bunt him over if it's a normal runner, because, you know, getting to third with two outs doesn't really help you. But in this case, so I, you know, again, I, I can sort of see all sides. I would not have bunted, but that became again, like the fifth story or less based on what happened later in the game. So there you go on that. Um, I don't, I mean, we could get into the weeds on the third and fourth inning. There were, there wasn't too much going on there. You know, McCann, uh, Josh up. Donaldson's really good at baseball. Yeah, he had a couple of nice. I mean, honestly, the Braves had, for as bad as the bullpen ended up being at the end, um, they had a they had a bunch of escapes in this game where they probably should have given up more runs. They had some timely double plays. Donaldson had two of them. Um, they had some really situ- some sticky situations where it, they weren't completely dire. It wasn't bases loaded, no outs, but you know, legitimate jams that the Braves were able to wiggle out of. Um, and that's that was kind of the uh, kind of the theme of the first. I don't want to say eight innings or seven innings, but kind of the first seven innings was the Braves. You know, they finally scored runs in the sixth, but for the most part, 
it felt kind of lucky that they were only allowing one run after seven innings. Just the way that it all broke down. Like, they gave up a lot of hits in the first seven innings, or a lot of base runs, I should say, and the damage was minimal. So that is worth pointing out when keeping things in perspective, or at least trying to here, is that they had some, I don't, I don't want to say luck, but some positive fortune in the first seven innings in terms of run prevention. So that's at least worth, I guess, noting now. Well, I mean, it's worth mentioning, too, that that l- l- luck or good fortune or whatever quickly Stopped. regressed <laughs> because some these are some of the worst hits that, like, it was like the the double from Goldschmidt was like a like what like an expected batting average of like a hundred. You know, it barely gets down and yeah. There were several. Double. We we were keeping them. We were keeping tabs throughout the game. The, the leadoff double was a, was a one hundred expected batting average by uh, Statcast. If you're not familiar with that, it's basically what would that ball, what what would that swing, what would that contact have netted in a normal circumstance? And basically, that means ten percent of the time that becomes a hit. The one that the one that Goldschmidt had in the fourth inning. There were a couple of uh, fly ball ones to the left field during the game that were, you know, very unlucky, at least in some respects. Um, hilariously, though, the, the all-timer actually went in the Braves' favor um, with Marquecas bloop, uh, not bloop, uh, chopper double. That, that was, was a, so funny. That was literally a, a, a 10, a zero, a point zero one zero, a one out of, <laughs> like, basically a 1% chance of that being a hit and it ended up being a double. So that that was hilarious, but you're right. I mean, there were three, four, five, very unlikely. You know, most of them were like kind of down the line. People people were sort of noticing that, but the Cardinals had a lot of doubles down the line in this game, and none of them really got fielded. There was the one that Donaldson made a nice play on um, relatively early in the game, but man, a lot of just perfect placement hits from the Cardinals. That you know, it happens sometimes, but there was some bad um, unluckiness along the way. Yeah, I mean, there's literally probably if you like a total of like 18 inches that like a bunch of foul that could have like determined whether those are just foul ball. All those hits are like foul balls yep. or they you know, I mean, they're or they end up being outs or, you know, they're what they ended up being, which was hits. And it's just it was tough. That's that's kind of a tough pill to swallow is that you had some situations early on where you had some chances and you gave away some runs and, you know, you get some really nice defensive plays to get out of some jams. And then this stuff starts happening and just kind of, it, it feels particularly bad. Yeah, I mean, last thing on Keuchel that we should have said earlier, and that's my fault, um, was the uncontested stolen base that ended up leading to a run in the fifth. That was the way that the uh, Cardinals tied the game in the fifth inning, was that he gave up a, a leadoff single to Bader. There was a bunt, um, which was an appropriate one from the Cardinals. But then Bader was able to steal third with, without a throw because Keuchel just lost him. It was not McCann's fault. There were some people that I, I don't think were watching the game necessarily that were tweeting through it and were t- basically like blaming McCann. It's like, no, that was on Keuchel completely. Um, there was nothing There was nothing that McCann can could do with that and uh you know just some abc baseball other than that from the cardinals to get him home and uh tie the game i mean that, that didn't bite you i guess ultimately but that was a run that you know didn't feel as much as, as much as I, as I just said there was some unluckiness you know that was kind of on what the braves were able to control i mean they gave up a single it was a bunt it was a stolen base that they that they that keichel just lost him on by the way that was the first allowed stolen base of the season for keichel at a bad time. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's usually really good at controlling bat, base runners. And, I mean, look, the, the, they had a lot of unlucky stuff, but the the, the catch that Swanson made, you know, that that was the, like pretty much almost always a hit, and he, he he snags that one. Ronnie made a really good catch as well, and kind of in this in the, in the middle portion of the game. So it's it's weird that, like, the, the variance in, like, the good and bad fortune in this game was particularly high. Right. Oh yeah, <laughs> both, both ways. Honestly, I mean, the Braves had some good fortune, yeah. and and the, and the Cardinals obviously did by the end. But it was not, you know, I'll probably make some Atlanta sports jokes later. It was not a perfect storm in terms of luck against you in this game. Um, there was some self-inflicted stuff. There was some luck certainly from the Cardinals, but the Braves also had their share um, of luck in this game that go on, that, that went their way. And honestly. Yeah, I was going to transition to the sixth and seventh inning, which was kind of the high, the hotter, the high water mark of the game. Was the Braves leading by two runs for two innings? They scored two in the sixth. Um, you know, there was it wasn't like a loud, uh, it wasn't a loud way to score runs. Honestly, you know, Donaldson gets hit by a pitch, and then Marquez, as I referenced before, had the chopper double that was a one percent chance to being a hit. That was pretty funny, but you know, listen, you'll, t- you'll take the good fortune, and it, it, it definitely happened. That put two guys on. They walked um, Duvall after he pinch hit for Joyce. And then, interestingly enough, um, Snicker elected to pinch hit Cervelli for McCann. Um, 
so basically that actually came under some fire. What did you make of that? Because they basically chose to go with Cervelli against a reliever because they were probably always going to face a reliever in that spot over McCann against the lefty. What did you make of that? Because they, they burnt a player in the mix there. And of course it, it didn't, it didn't actually work because of Cervelli striking out with the bases loaded. Um, there was a caveat there and that it was a terrible check swing goal. Like everyone, again, this is not just us. I always make sure to look at my national MLB feed when I'm talking about certain calls to make sure that I'm not being a homer. And everyone was like, what is going on here? Uh, Ron Darling, even on the broadcast live, who I thought had some moments in this game. Um, but he he was like, no, that's not a swing. And no one thought it was a swing. And that kind of burnt them. I'm not sure what what, what would have happened in that at bat, but that was a kind of a brutal call. Anyway, though, it's it's worth noting that, you know, they got their two runs here. It was kind of fortunate because even the one that actually scored, Dansby hits this ground ball that was actually changed to a hit plus an error. It was originally two errors, but that was not exactly a a swing that was like a, you know, a thumping double off the wall that scored two runs. It was, uh, and by the way, shouts to Marcakis. The one thing that I will point out, and I'll be critical of him a little bit on this podcast, um, his base running to score from second was uh, important on that one to get to get home and give the Braves a two-run lead was noteworthy, and that's something that I wanted to at least make, make sure that I pointed out because I know I have the reputation of being hard on him. That was good base running, and that uh, mattered in, the, in that spot. Yeah, I mean, like, the, that ball getting away at second, you know, it, it was very clear he was aware of it, and he, you know, yep. and took advantage of it, so that's that's a big time. I did feel like it was a little bit overmanaging with the pinch hitting, though, because yeah. um, I, I understand pinch hitting Duvall for Joyce, um, that one was, pro- I thought that it was, was okay. a, it was, it was, it was okay. more clear. Like that, that one was more of an obvious because, you know, they had a lefty on the mound and you had McCann next. So y- you assume that if nothing else, you're going to get one of those guys against a favorable matchup. Like, you know, Duvall and because Duvall is a better defender than Joyce and you could argue Duvall is a comparable overall player. You know, Joyce is a great hitter against, against right-handed pitching, but Duvall's a better defender and obviously is a better hitter against lefties. So making that decision there was not terribly surprising. But what, it, it gets into the point. It gets into the fact that you've you're using back-to-back pinch uh, pinch hitters there. Like I think if you're going to go to Duvall, you have to be willing to not go to Cervelli. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, like it just it feels it felt like a, a little bit too much. Uh, especially early on, and it ended up being important because then they had to, you know, they had to pinch hit, you know, Billy Hamilton late in this game, which you know, <laughs> end up getting a, end up getting a run on it because Ronald Acuna is really good at baseball. But you know, it's kind of a, it puts you in a weird spot when you run out of batters in when it wasn't necessary. You know what I mean? Like it just didn't feel like that was a particularly great call. Um, but again, it, it kind and of they is were what short. It is. I mean, they were short in the like, suddenly in the blink of an eye, they're down to three guys off the bench. And with the way that Snicker manages, he he definitely did not want to use flowers. That was very obvious. He didn't want to use flowers. And the other guy's Billy Hamilton, who you don't want to hit. So suddenly, in the blink of an eye, you have one pinch hitter. And it's Hatchveria. Yep. Who they had to use fairly soon after that. So like the bench, I know they had six man bench, and that kind of allows you to do a little bit more things, but using three guys before the seventh inning off their bench when one of your three remaining is a catcher that you don't want to use at that point in time. Like it's, it's really a lot of, I, I don't think that any move that he did was like particularly egregious in a vacuum in that inning. No, but using so many guys that fast that early is just something you don't normally see. And I don't mind sticker being aggressive. And that's something that like, People were almost getting mad at me that I was defending Snicker at, at times in this game, and that was kind of out of character because I always am accused of being too hard on him. I, you know, I'm okay with managing aggressive in game one of a playoff series. I was actually, in some ways, early on, kind of pleasantly surprised that Snicker was taking it as seriously as he was and kind of going as aggressively as he was. Again, I didn't love every move, but he was not managing this game like a regular game. He was managing this game like it mattered. Like, like on a playoff stage and that led to some overmanaging. I will be the first to admit that, but I kind of, I'm kind of okay with that as a general rule. Like I'd rather him be more aggressive in that way than what I would fear with him is him being too not aggressive and like letting guys go too long. He didn't really do that in this game. Um, there was the one caveat and the bullpen later and the bullpen's always been the spot where I worry the most, but I thought the first, you know, first six innings, first seven innings, he didn't do a bad job. And like, I even said that, and I, I felt kind of weird being almost pro snicker in that way, like tactically, cause I'm not the biggest fan of that aspect of his, of his managerial style. But 
I didn't think anything was really bad in the first seven innings. I really didn't. No, and I mean, I like that they were aggressive and bringing in Shane Green in that in that spot too. Yeah, you know, it's he, a, it's he, a good well, he wasn't like you know relegated to it has to be the eighth inning. You know, like they put him in because that was the uh, they needed a one of their better bullpen arms to deal with the situation. And it were you know it got a little dicey there, but it it ended up working out fine. So it's you know I, I'm I'm with you. I I I wouldn't have pinch hit for McCann there, but I understand the logic. Um, it's just one move too many. I mean, it's not, it's not, ter- and Cervelli can hit. So it's not as if I know the results didn't work out in that situation where it's Cervelli not a strikes crazy out. decision, but no, it's not, it's not, that, that's kind of where I am too. Like, I don't, I would not have done what he did in that inning, but it wasn't one where I'm going to pound the table. Like there's one later that I'm going to pound the table on for sure. Maybe two, but definitely one. This is, that was not it. That was a, that was some overmanaging, but not a an egregious decision. I didn't think, and you know, at the end of the day, it, it resulted in two runs. Um, they had to get lucky a little bit with the way that that, Dansby, that that ground ball from Dansby was handled or not handled by the. By the way, the Cardinals are supposed to be good at defensively, and they were terrible in this game. They were um, really bad. That was helpful because the Braves needed it because their offense was really sputtering early on. But that was something that I had written, and I know you saw this um, on our document. I had I had written in big bold letters when the Braves were winning, the Cardinals were supposed to be good at defense. <laughs> Um, and I changed that because it didn't end up mattering all that much, but alas. So it's three, one after six, Eric, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll, we'll talk about the seventh through ninth inning. Cause things really happened. I know I've said that a lot, but yeah, seven, eight, seven, eight, nine was, uh, important in this game. So we'll come back in a second, talk all about that. So hold on, hold on tight. We'll be right back. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Eric. uh, Let's get to the meat and potatoes here of of what happened. Um, So, yeah. The seventh inning was not busy. It was scoreless on both sides. Max Freed comes in, uh, looks great. He kind of just mowed down, had two strikeouts. You referenced earlier, he was the first guy to have a strikeout in this game. And by the way, it is really rare in today's environment to go six innings without a strikeout, <laughs> particularly when you're it's not really losing. really strange. It was one to one. Like, you're not losing the game, and you, you have no strikeouts through six innings. That's insanity. Um, but that, that's more of a sidebar. But yeah, Freed came in and was really good. So that's, that's a positive, obviously. Then you have what became... At least one of the stories of the night. Um, I think it overblown story to some degree. But in the bottom half of the inning, Ronald Acuna leads off with a quote unquote single to right field, and that is the one, of course, that we talked about. That was talked about all night long. He hits it off the wall. It was kind of this weird area where it could have been a home run, it could have been foul, and it landed in the one spot where it wasn't either one of those things. And it's off the wall, and it's a single, and it absolutely should have been a double. And I think both of us agree on that from what I've read from you and what I've said out loud. No one, no one on this podcast, I don't think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Eric, no one on this podcast is saying that Ronald Acuna did the right thing by not running. No, not at all. Um, and it's it's funny because whenever I'm I'm watching that, it just seems like he's just kind of I'm not sure what that ball is going to do. And as a result, he just kind of, it wasn't like he was like admiring this moonshot. No, it wasn't, had. it wasn't a bat flip. Like I know this is gone. I think, I think he thought it's either gone or it's foul. And yeah. I mean, that's not excusing it because again, it was, it was bad. It was bad. He should have been at second. <laughs> no one's saying otherwise. Again, I'm saying this one more time. It was bad. He should have been at second, but I think that's what it was. I don't think it was as clear cut as the one that was famous early in the season where he thought it was gone. and was like, he was showboating. 
I don't think he was really showboating this one. I think he thought it was either going to be gone or foul, and that's it's still not good. Um, but that's what I think happened anyway. Um, we'll come back to the takes in a second, but I do want to say real quickly before we get to that, you know, the rest of the inning plays out in this fashion. He moves to second base on a uh, on what happens with Albies, a ground ball basically. Um, Freeman then gets hit by a pitch, so there's two outs. Sorry, there's one out, first and second, and then Donaldson drills a line drive right at the shortstop, and Acuna gets picked off of second base. Now, that was not bad at all because Donaldson just drilled that ball, and there's nothing he can do there. It's going to be double play every time. But for me, I wanted, I wanted, to, make, I wanted to make sure I say this. There was a lot of takes, including on the broadcast after the game and during the game, about how Acuna, quote, cost them a run, end quote. That's not true. Uh, it's still bad. As we as we as we've just said multiple times, but if you go through the what happened to the rest of the inning, Acuna standing on third base when the inning ends, if nothing else changes, and I understand you can you can't say that nothing else is going to change. I get that. What you also can't say is that he was going to score for sure because you do not know that because nothing in the inning. If if it had happened to where Donaldson, you know, flew out to dead center field. With and, and that would have easily scored Acuna from third base. That's different. But Donaldson lined into a double play. That's what happened. So yep. if everything plays out the same way, he doesn't score. So that's important to note. I don't. It's again, it, it would it would have been a story either way, and I'm cool with it being a story of some degree because he should have been running. But what it wasn't was the play that cost the Braves the game, or that even cost them a run, because that didn't happen. So again, I'm I'm going to say this too. I really do hope that Snicker pulls Ronnie into the office and chews him out for it. I really do, and he because, will. I mean, he was very—he yeah, was not—he was not happy on the. I mean, I watched no. the post game. Snicker was pretty visibly upset, and you know, I, I understand that. Even his teammates have said some things that I've seen. You know, Freddie said something about it too. Like, you can't have that happen there. My my thing was, I would have liked to see Snicker not throw him under the bus a little bit in the pros, in the press conference after the words. And I think Snit did not really have his back, which I understand to his to a certain degree. But the takes were just. Not everybody, but the takes were unbelievable. Like, A, this shouldn't be the lead story after this game. Like, the bullpen no. blowing up was the lead story. The, Ronald Acuna should not be the lead story, and that's what the broadcast spent 20 minutes on. I was watching. Um, you can't tell me that this is the lead story. It's just not the lead story of this game in any way, shape, or form. I get it was bad. I get he's famous. But, by the way, he was awesome in this game. Um, and the takes, I, mean, I made fun of it on Twitter. I think you saw this, too. There were people that wanted to take him out of the game, Eric. In game one of the NLDS, when when your when your bench is already suspect, when you have when you lost Camargo and you lose Culberson, you should bench him in a playoff. Well, game. And at that point, you had at that point you had three guys, or maybe yeah, two you don't guys. have any. Yeah, you don't have any guys left because it, it would have been Hamilton because and you had nothing else. <laughs> yeah, and here's the thing, right? What Acuna did was it decreased the likelihood of the Braves scoring a run in that inning. Correct. That is not good and needs to be corrected. But that is all that it's happened, right? Yep. The, there, are, there, are, there, are, there are tactical decisions in this game that, that tangibly cost the Braves runs. Rather than a percentage chance, actually cost the Braves runs. There were decisions made about the, about the bullpen, whether you leave guys in or who faces who, and on, on an unfortunate injury that kind of messed everything up. Those are the things that cost the Braves this game. Not a percentage chance of one run that was very un, that wasn't particularly likely given how things played out. Now, could the de- could the de- defenseman played played a little differently if he was on second? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Yes. You know, it, it, you you don't know if Ronnie's going to be able to take third on the grounder because he could look he could get looked back by the guy who failed in the grounder. There's no you don't know enough information, and it's killing me that people are like this is this is what we're going to hear about. There are going to be articles tomorrow about, you know, Acuna should have done this and Acuna should have done this. There's a man that the only reason this game was close was because he was playing. Because the rest of the offense, for most of the game, basically wasn't performing at all. Yeah. And we're going to blame Acuna for anything when the bullpen implodes the way that it did. And it it just, it really bothers me. And it feels like they're looking for reasons to pick on this guy because there are players in this game that were loafing on balls that hit to the outfield that actually led to the, the runners <laughs> advancing that yep. no one said a thing about. No, it, it's a and theme. It, it it's just easy to, pick, it's easy to pick on them, and I get that it's, it's going to drive narrative, and 
I totally I totally understand that. But if you if you look at this box score, Ronald McCune was the best player on the field for the Braves tonight. Yep. Like flat out the best player. You could you could maybe argue that Keuchel had a bigger impact because he pitched four because yeah. he pitched four and two thirds innings. Whatever you want to say. Okay, I'll make it easy. Offensively, he was the best player on the field for the Braves tonight. Like and not and, close. And not, yeah, it's not particularly close. Either. Like Fre- Freeman Freeman homered late, so that was that was big too. So he's the runner up, but he was the best player on the field for the Braves in this game. So if you're gonna if you're gonna tell me that he's the reason they lost this game, like we can't have a conversation about that. Like, and, and again, I don't think, I think a lot of people criticized Acuna without saying he was the reason they lost. That's okay. I'm fine with that. We probably, we probably just disagree on the degrees of make, of putting stuff on Ronnie here. But if, as long as you're not telling me that he's the reason they lost, we can have a conversation. If you want to tell me he's the reason they lost this game, like I'm out at that point. I can't, I can't talk to you about this. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's worth getting on to the rest of this stuff here, but it just kind of drove me crazy. The takes we're always extreme as they as they are want to be and I'm with you I hope Snicker and I, I think he's going to talk to him pretty uh aggressively and he was clearly upset on the podium about it so I'm okay with all of that be upset talk to him you know <laughs> Snicker kind of downplayed the question or at least referenced the fact that that he couldn't really do anything about it because they had no bench but even then like even if they had their bench you cannot take your best player or your a top two player on your team out of the game in the playoffs <laughs> for not running hard out of the box I, I, we can't do this I'm sorry send a message do whatever you want to do but uh, this is not August this is a playoff game yeah um, and I'm kind of and I'm kind of done just like it does seem like a lot of the media is just desperately trying to get him thrown under the bus and it would be nice that you that people acknowledge that he made a mistake but you know also acknowledge the fact that you know he was a pretty important part of this team this season and in that game. And, you know, he made a really good catch in this game, too. It's not like he's not hustling on all plays. He just made a mistake on that one at bat. You know what I mean? People yeah. are like, he's like, he's getting this, like, I had multiple people, like, tell me, you know, the, you know he's lazy and he you know, doesn't, you know, run hard That's on balls in the outfield. true. The reason why he's been so valuable this year has not just because he hits home runs, it's because of hustle plays that he makes constantly, whether it be stretching singles to doubles to stealing bases to taking to take getting home from first to he does all this stuff well, and that's like the one this one thing that he happens to have done a couple few times is like this fascination for everybody when there are actual things that we could be talking about that cost the Braves this game, and we will talk about them right now. So let's transit let's transition away from that. We've spent some time on Ronnie, and that was a topic. But the eighth and ninth innings were the reason the Braves lost this game. Um, so let's talk about them now. Um, the weirdest thing of the night, even weirder than what happened with Ronnie, was the fact that Martin comes out to open the eighth inning to replace Max Fried and cannot pitch because he hurts his oblique before he th- before he throws a pitch. Now, I'm not blaming him. I'm not blame. I'm not blaming Snicker. Like there were people, people on Twitter that were trying to say that Snicker should have known. I'm like, no, he got hurt warming no, up. It just ha- like it what are you talking about? Um, but regardless, that happens, and uh, then you get into the controversial decision making from that point forward, because because he got hurt basically during warmups on the mound. They have an unlimited amount of time, I guess within I guess within reason to get a pitcher warm. Um, the guy they had going in the bullpen was Luke Jackson, and that is who came in. And that is a decision that people were upset about. Um, I think, to be fair to most of those people, they were upset before Jackson gave up some damage because Jackson's a controversial figure in Brave circles. Um, so before we go any further, what did you make of, A, the decision to take Freed out after one inning, B, the decision to go to Jackson and not someone else like Melanson or someone else after Martin got hurt? Because, you know, Snicker admitted that the plan... He had it all laid out. The plan was to go Martin in the eighth, Melanson in the ninth, and slam the door. That was the plan. And then the plan came apart on him. And the first part of that is not his fault about the injury. But from there, what do you make of the? I guess there, again, there are two decisions. It's one take Freed out, and then two go to Jackson and not somebody else. I would have been very tempted to keep Freed in, if for no other reason that one he looked great in his inning, and two if you're if you're I feel like if you're playing him as a bullpen arm that you want him as like as the option of a long man right and you're not going to like just use him as like a situational lefty in this particular in this particular situation i feel like that i understand the rationale though to bring in martin and it's just unfortunate that that decision was made um it's worth noting that martin has reverse splits 
So, you know, it's not necessarily a given that, you know, things would have gone particularly great if he was in the game because there's a bunch of righties and, you know, he's just not as good against them. Um, he, w- he would have had to face, eventually he would have gotten to, to Colton Wong, who had the single um, against Jackson later in the inning. But, yeah, I mean, it would have sure. been a lot of righties. It, was, it isn't as if Martin is a righty stopper. That's not a, you know, he's not just like a neutral guy. He's, he's sort of a reverse splits guy. So it's worth pointing out that the, the logic of going to Martin could have been flawed, but that was the plan. And Snicker said that after the game flatly. I'm not interpreting that. He said that. He said the plan was, and I'm going to read the exact quote actually, um, he said that it was, quote, a big blow, end quote, when Martin was unavailable, and the quote is, he had the whole thing set up the way we wanted it, end quote. So that was the plan. It was Martin, and then Melanson, and we're out of there. Now, people were focusing on Freed. I thought Freed was awesome in the seventh. I thought Freed was used at sort of a weird time. Like, for me, I don't know. If you're going to use Freed, use him for more than an inning if he's pitching that well. Like but, have him have him eat those middle innings if that's yeah, what you want to use him for. That's what that's it was. A, it was strange. It's but. a weird thing to go to Freed. Like when when Freed didn't come in earlier, and it wasn't even warming up. They had Jackson warming up first, and what like the third inning? I want to say it was. It was really early, maybe the fourth inning. They had somebody warming up, and it was Jackson. And I'm like, if Freed's gonna pitch, why is he not warming up now? Like, wouldn't he be the guy you'd go to early on? And I was like, all right, maybe maybe they're just not gonna use Freed. And then suddenly he's pitching in the seventh, and it's like, okay, that's interesting. But I mean. Uh, at the end of the day, I would not have been upset had they gone to Martin in the eighth inning. I didn't. I didn't say that I. I mean, live in real time, I didn't have a visceral reaction. I was okay with it. I was like, you know what? That's fine. I wasn't bothered by it. And then you have the weirdness of Martin, and suddenly, I guess what it comes down to is that Luke Jackson is pitching against the heart of the order for the Cardinals in a high leverage spot, and that does not feel like a good outcome. Now, I get it because he was warming up. And I think, you know, Luke has been over over criticized by a lot of the fan base. But it's really easy to argue that, that they should have gone to Mel- obviously Melanson was terrible. We'll get to the, we'll get we'll get to that in a minute. But would in theory, would you want Melanson facing the heart of the order in the eighth? Because that's the you know, the more modern style analytical manager would tell you that you want your best reliever who you think is Melanson facing the heart of the Cardinals order in the eighth rather than facing the bottom of the order in the ninth. And none of that actually happened, but that was the argument that I was seeing from people. It was a lot of, you know, they should have left Freed in, and then it was a lot of, they should have gone to Melanson. Which of those would you have leaned to, or, or were you okay with going to Jackson? Because that's, I mean, if you were okay with it, that's fine. I mean, stuff, stuff, stuff's going to happen. Like, we're sometimes wrong, and obviously no one would have thought Melanson was going to implode in the ninth. Like, that's not, it's, it happens. Like, you can be wrong. I, I've been wrong multiple times tonight. So what would you have done in a vacuum and like, how'd you feel about the whole thing and what he actually did? I don't hate bringing in Jackson because if, you know, if he's going to be good, I feel like he's going to be good against righties. And that was like a pretty good situation for him. Unfortunately, he left the ball fat to one of the better righties in the entire league. And he, you know, that got ball, that ball got launched as a direct result of that. Um, what my concern is with the decision-making isn't with putting Jackson in. I would, I would have put Melanson in, but I don't hate the decision to bring Jackson in, right? Like it's you know it's a defensible position if you feel like because you're gonna have to face a bunch of righties and you know face you know some pretty good hitters, you know in the ninth as well, and you have to kind of plan for that, and you know you've already kind of used a bunch of bullpen arms because you use Freed in a weird way. Um, my concern is, and it was both of the Colton Wong at bats. If you have Sean Newcomb as your lefty in your bullpen, and they have <sighs> and they have one lefty that you have to worry about other than Matt Carpenter pinch hitting who ended up, you know, getting this blue pit. If you have him in your bullpen to be your lefty and you're not going to bring him in against lefties, then what are we doing? You left, you you left, (laughs) you left him in to just get hung out, hung out the dry. And then you bring in Melanson and there's the blue pit that, you know, ends up scoring one. Uh, Duvall made a really good throw to to knock down, knock down. Yeah. I mean, shouldn't have sent, but you know, it was still pretty good. Yeah, going going back to the unlucky stuff we talked about later, that was a uh, a one eighty expected batting average. The bloop to left field that yep. fell in that was really unlucky um, for Melanson. That was you know the damage done by Jackson was already done. He gave up the the home run to go to three two and then back to back singles. Melanson comes in and if that ball doesn't drop and you know in a vacuum that ball is not supposed to drop, you're up 
you're winning going to the ninth. Um, but, you know, credit to Duvall, as you said, like that was a really, really good play by him. That was not his fault that the ball dropped, and he he guns him down at home to save the lead. Um, he well he got to that ball quickly, too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Ron, the the single dumbest thing uttered on the broadcast tonight was was by Ron Dar, was by Ron Darling in that segment where he talked about how Duvall wasn't as fast as Marcakis. That is, and I I almost lost performance my mind. art. That yeah, is it was awful. Silly. <laughs> it was really bad. I mean, now Marcakis is not slow. No, he's not that. like Conquest. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying Duvall's Marquecas range. Yeah. You want to compare Duvall's range to Marcakis? Yeah, are you kidding? What are we even talking about? That's what I mean. I mean, it wasn't. I'm not saying that Marcakis is McCann because he's not, but. Duvall is not slow. Like Duvall is one of the top five guys on the team in terms of speed. Like he can really run. Like what are we doing here? Um, regardless, that was just a little thing that I thought was funny. But he he throws him out. I, I'm with you wholeheartedly on the Newcomb thing. And fast forwarding the ninth, we'll talk about it more in depth in a second. I thought the single most indefensible thing that Brian Sicker did this evening was letting Melanson face Colton Wong in the ninth. I said yeah. it. I, I said it before it happened. I said it after it happened. Melanson has has already imploded at this point. By the way, it's seven to five. He's already been pitching for a long time. It's clear that he doesn't he, that he's not exactly throw, light, lighting the world on fire. And I know it happened fast. Sorry, it was um, it was five three, not seven five. I know I know it all happened fast. But Sean Newcomb had been warming up in the bullpen, and to your point, Sean Newcomb is there as the one lefty that's not Max Freed in the bullpen, and you let Mark Melanson face Colton Wong, a left handed a left handed hitter, with two outs. In the ninth inning, was it one out? One of those. Regardless, you let him face Colton Wong. Why? And Colton, and then Wong, you know, delivers a double, and suddenly it's seven to three. And I know at five three you're not likely to win, but as we saw as we saw later in the game, five three and seven three are very different things. And I, I get it all happened fast, and I get all that, and I even tweeted at the time it may not have mattered. But man, that was terrible. Like you cannot let Mark Melanson face Colton Wong in that spot. I know you're already. I know you. I know he already blew the game, and you think it's it might be over and all that stuff. That is so bad. That was the one thing all night long that I looked at and I said that's indefensible. Like I, I could try to argue on behalf of some other things that we talked about. There was no argument for letting Melanson face Wong. Not not one. With Newcomb there, like Newcomb's there, that's why you have Newcomb on your team. That's the reason. And and, and then the next batter, they bring Newcomb. Yeah, Newcomb. I mean, it's like I mean, he's ready like, to go. It, like, what are we doing? I, here? I just, it's it's it, that was the one that 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 decision bothered me, and I kind of you know I kind of was more in that dead inside type feeling. No, all I, these I totally get it. Like by but, that point, everybody was flustered, and I kind of I'd already sent my Atlanta sports tweet. Like, I trust me, I was already in, you know, that really sucked mode. I think we all were. But if you're the manager of the Atlanta Braves, you can't be in that mode. You cannot let Melanson face him there. And I know it's only one batter, and I get all that. Maybe Newcomb gives up a hit there. I'm not saying he would have definitely got him out. But that is indefensible no matter how you spin it. Like, And, you know, I'm not as thick in the head as to say that the Braves win the game for sure if it's 5-3. Things could have changed in the ninth. I know, I know they scored three runs in the ninth inning. I'm not an idiot. I know they scored. But, man... <laughs> you cannot let Melanson pitch to a left-handed batter in that spot with Newcomb standing there ready to go in the bullpen. It was just I, I don't want to make too much out of one one decision, but that that was the only one all night where I I just couldn't I couldn't even try to defend it. It didn't have a def- it didn't have defense. Yeah, I, I, again, I would have I probably would have brought in Newcomb to face Wong the first time in the eighth no, inning. No, I'm with you. But... I, I said at the time I said if you have Sean Newcomb on your team, why isn't why is not in the game right now to face Wong when yep. Jackson was still in? Yeah, I. I it, it, it was a very t- troubling. It wasn't good, right? But uh, there was a lot of fun stuff in the bottom of the ninth, and honestly, that was like probably the one of the more entertaining parts of the game um, with well, yeah, Billy Hamilton. I mean, drawn. Was, it was the, more, it was more fun, I suppose, than every, I mean, it was kind of a tease in some ways. I mean, before we get to the bottom of the ninth, was there anything they else you wanted to say about like what happened? What happened to Melanson in the top? Like. The Marcakis pump fake weird throw thing with yes. Fowler. Like, yes. It, it, I, I tell you, if Acuna hadn't gotten – Marcakis did not get that ball in quickly enough, no. and which which allowed Fowler to get the third. If Acuna had done that, there would be – like it would be headlines on the on the broadcast. But instead, since it was Marcakis, you know, they didn't consider it a big deal, but that allowed a round to score. Now, again, that didn't matter in the grand scheme of things nope. because um, – and beyond that, I mean, I, I know that we, we're, we're kind of killing – 
you know, Snicker for not for bringing in Mal- letting Melanson play Wong. But the pitch that Wong hit for a double, I mean, it was like barely off the plate. Like well, there were like, so like many of those. The, yeah. yeah, and like <laughs> like that, like a lot of these doubles were just like you know barely missing gloves. There were or barely so getting, many of them. Uh, it was unbelievable. Like it, a lot of. I think the takeaway I have from this is that a lot. There were several things that went very well for the Braves in a lot of respects, but there were a lot of things that went wrong. And this that they still managed to almost come back and it didn't feel like that they had just run up the white flag. And that that does matter. Um and yeah. really if you think about it, like a a review call that I think I personally think should have been overturned. Uh that Freddie would have potentially tied the game. Oh yeah, the Albies. Let's talk about that now. Yeah, they have the yeah. the bottom of the ninth. You have the leadoff walk to Hamilton, which is man. If you are pitching for the Cardinals, you cannot walk Billy Hamilton. You just throw strikes to him. And just hope it's for the seven best. to three. Like, the last thing you can do in the world is walk Billy Hamilton. Anyway, um, they do that, and then Acuna bombs, and we it was all, a to- it was a complete tank too, just like dead yeah, center. That was his second. I mean, and earlier I mean, in the game, he had the, right, he, he no, drilled the double too, like. He was locked in, um, but that that happens. Um, then you have the review play. So Ozzy gets thrown out at first base in real time. I thought he was out. Um, looked at the replay. Thought he was out the first time. Then we kind of all notice in unison, seemingly, that Goldschmidt might have been off the bag. And I think if they had called him safe in real time, they would have left it safe. But they couldn't overturn it. And I I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm trying to put my my objective hat on. I was okay with him not overturning it. I didn't think it was so clear that they had to overturn it. I'm with you that I think he was safe. I do think that he was off the bag. But for me, it's like it's that weird area where if you go by the letter of the law that they have to have indisputable evidence to overturn it, that didn't exist in my opinion. But man, I mean, I, I tweeted this right after that. But you're basically one inch from a tie game because the next batter, Freddie bombs, and it's like, man. uh, it could have been seven seven, <laughs> uh, in a hurry. And again, we, we don't know that it would have been, but uh, it was just. Uh... So here's my feelings on on replays like this. I think they should have overturned it because I, in the past, with what replay has ended up doing is like you know, for example, if a guy slides into a bag and like accidentally just pops up a his, little bit, his fingernail comes and, off. Yeah, yeah, like and, and they call the guys out for that. I don't like that about replay because I don't think that that's. I mean, it, it I just don't think that that is works for me in terms of like flow of the game and kind of the, what the purpose of replay is. I understand you want to get the calls right, but and you know if it's a, if it's more than like a millimeter, then you know you, you can start having conversations like his hand or foot came off the bag. But if you're going to do that and then not overturn that one, that bothers me a little bit in terms of just like being consistent with it. Yeah, but replay, not, replay, yeah. replay in itself is replay itself is not consistent because there's a different guy. There's different people watching these replays videos every time and it's not a consistent thing. Um, I, I, I don't hate, I don't necessarily hate not overturning it because it was, again, it was really close, but it's not. It's frustrating. I think yeah, it's, it's just frustrating. Like it's just, it's just another thing that barely didn't go the Braves way. Right. You know what I mean? That, that made it even more frustrating. And you know, weirdly it was even more frustrating after Freddie hits the home run. It's like, you gotta be kidding me. Um, but you know, I'm trying to be objective when I say that I understood them not overturning it. I, I totally, I got it. Um, and then, you know, dis- it probably, you know, even at seven six, bases, you know, bases empty. Essentially, you're not a huge favorite to tie the game. But then Marquez strikes out, looking on strike three, and it was right down the middle, and that was frustrating too. And I don't know, just the game had everything that you would not want. <laughs> I mean, if you're an objective observer, it probably would, have, probably would have been fun. Like, I enjoy baseball, and I, I enjoyed the wild card games, and if I was not invested, there was some back and forth and a lot of fireworks. It was kind of an ugly game for the most part tonight, and then it got crazy late in the game, and I might have enjoyed that if I didn't have a, a rooting interest. But um, as maddening as possible would be how I would, how, how I would describe that if I was if you're a Braves fan. You're, you're winning most of the night. You have a bullpen implosion when your bullpen's been so solid for a while now. You know, your best player or second best player is taking heat that is both deserved and also violently overboard. You know, all this stuff. It just had all the makings of a brutal night at the office. And like, it doesn't, the series isn't over by any means, but losing that game is just tough. 
like that's, that's the easy way to put it. I mean, we're trying to talk through this thing rationally, but at the end of the day, I was really frustrated. Like I was, it was not a fun experience and I'm not quite as a, uh, I'm not, I'm not quite as, um, let's say unbalanced and just pure fan like the way that I used to be. And even then, like I was really upset, like just, just rattled more than anything. Like you gotta be kidding me with a lot of this stuff. Just frustration. I, it it feels the, the, if you just look at the box score and like the back and forth, that implies an exciting game, right? Like it's just, that's like the, that's the, if you, you could see like, oh, wow, like it was back and forth and they were trading blows. It just felt like when think fortunate things happened, it wasn't because there was someone playing really well, other than probably the bottom of the ninth. And a couple, I mean, a couple of the Cardinal, Cardinals at bats, like, you know, like Goldie hitting the home run and all that stuff. But for the large part, it just felt like failures on the other team. And that just felt very ugly. And it just felt like both teams were trying to give the game away. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was not. It was not a well-played game. No. There was a lot of even the stuff when runs were created, as we as we discussed multiple times on this podcast. Even when runs were created, aside from the home runs that happened late, it was all this really weird stuff, like errors and chopper doubles over the first baseman, and just like not really the way that you would envision runs being scored in a playoff atmosphere. Like the home runs late, obviously, are were kind of just no doubters, but even the way the Cardinals scored their first run, it was unsatisfying it was a it was a single and then it was a uh, a bunt a stolen base with no throw and a ground out like there wasn't a lot of loud fireworks offensively. i mean <laughs> i mean and I, I don't and i don't mind some abc baseball but the reason that stolen base happened was because the braves weren't paying because keiko wasn't paying attention you know what i mean like it's just like it just feels like you know there were some good things that happened you know D- donaldson's play at third was probably a highlight for me other than the home runs late in the game acuña yeah. was really good but there's a lot of bad and there's also this kind of this bad feeling around it because of this all this acuña stuff and he's getting it, it's not fair it's no. just not the heat and is too far the, i mean it's yeah. it's it's insane i mean even as we've been talking i've been sort of monitoring and i thought we talked about the broadcast earlier but the fact that people are making that the lead the lead story of this game is infuriating to me it just, it's not the lead story of this game. The lead story of this game is your closer give up five runs. Sorry. Yep. Like, your, bullp- your bullpen imploded. That is the story of this game. Your yep. bullpen, your bullpen that, allowed you six runs in the last two innings. You, you, you gave, you had lots of opportunities. You didn't cash on early in the game. And the bullpen imploded. Yeah, that's I why mean, you lost. That, mean that's, that's, that is the story of this game. I, I know, yeah. I, I'm fine with Ronald Acuna being like a, a sidebar plot. Like, he's, the, he's, he's plot C in this game and yet he's being treated like plot a like you would swear that him you would if you were not watching this game you just saw the coverage you would probably think that him him not turning that into a double was like in the ninth inning and it cost the braves the game but guess what (laughs) it did not it did not do yeah And look, the, one of the big positives that I don't think is getting talked about enough, I mean, Dave O'Brien just tweeted about it, and I'm kind of glad he did. It's that Acuna and Freeman look healthy. I mean, Acuna looked great tonight, right? Yeah, like we, Acuna was you, great. Freeman, Freeman early on in the game, um, people were sort of grumbling, but you know, he had a good, obviously, the home run. Like he kind of saw. Yeah, that, that was his first home run since the beginning of September. So, like, yeah, you know, more that, than a month. that makes you feel. Yeah, that makes you feel good that at least he's capable of, you know, doing some damage. There are, again, there are positives to take away from this. And, you know, every bullpen's allowed uh, an implosion here and there. But, you know, now the Braves are in a tough spot because you lose 7-6 in like a a kind of an emotionally brutal game in a lot of ways. Like the the Braves, you know what's going to happen tomorrow morning? All these guys are going to get asked about the Acuna stuff again. And it's just, it's all all day tomorrow again. Yeah, it's going to be a replay (laughs) of tonight. Yeah, and it's just going to turn into this thing and it just doesn't feel particularly great. And I think that if a certain amount of just not throwing him under the bus and understanding that's and and verbalizing that is not why they lost the game would be helpful. But the problem is now that the Braves are in aside from all that, the Braves are now down a game in the series, which stinks. And now they have to go against Jack Flaherty. Who's one of the better pitchers being probably one of the better pitchers in baseball right now. Yeah. Let's, let's spin it forward a little bit. I I made this note before we started recording. I'm going to check on it right now as we talk, but before we started recording, uh, betonline.ag posted the betting line for Tuesday's game and the Braves were slight underdogs. I'm looking at it now to see what the updated number is. 
Um, yeah, the Braves are plus 112. So the Cardinals, at least by the betting line, are seen as like a 55%, 56% chance to win on um, on Friday. And that is based heavily on the pitching matchup with Flaherty being incredible for a while now. Obviously, it's, it's a near coin flip in some ways. But, you know, I don't have to say this to you, Eric, or anybody else that's listening. It's kind of a must win for the Raves. Um, you obviously, the series doesn't end if you lose tomorrow. But uh, I think everyone would agree that the Braves are in a dire situation if they were to lose the first two at home in a five-game series. So, yeah, as as close to a must-win as you can be without without actually having to be a must-win is what to, is what Friday looks like. And uh, I mean, the series is not over. I, I do think objectively that the Cardinals are favored in the series at this moment because yep. they they have a win. I mean, it's not really a situation where I think they're better than the Braves now. I don't. I think the Braves are still the better are still the better team. They were the better team for most of tonight, but now you have to win three out of four, and that is uh, in baseball when most games are near coin flippy. Like having to win three out of four is a thing that swings the balance of a series. So it's not over by any means. This was an Atlanta sports loss in every way, shape, or form. But uh, come out and win on Friday, and people are suddenly okay again. No one's going to be terrified anymore. Yeah, and I mean it's it's not a dire situation yet. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel like that I'm with you. I just think that the Rays are better and I, I hope that they put on a good performance against Flaherty, or at the very least, like one thing that this team is particularly good at is like working long at bats. <laughs> Yep. And you know what I mean? I, I would like to at very least see him see them run up his pitch count. I mean, obviously it'd be better if they just turned on everything and, you know, put up six runs on him. But, you know, at least get his pitch count up so that way they have to, like go back to these same relievers that they had to use tonight. Because I mean they had to pull they had to pull Mikolas, you know, not it was like what, the next the very next inning from when, you know, Keiko was pulled. So it wasn't like, you know, they used a bunch of bullpen guys too. Um, I will say though, it, it appears as though the Cardinals are also upset with Mr. Acuna because they didn't like how he trotted around the bases on his home run. You're kidding me. No, I am not. Carlos Martinez actually had to be like talked down by Molina. In the ninth? Yes. You're winning in a playoff game. He, uh, the quote from Martinez says, I wanted him to respect the game and respect me as oh, a veteran you know, player. You know what? How about don't give up a home run? How about that? How about don't do don't you know, you're going to get bat flipped on in the postseason and you're going to get a little slow trot and he's going to admire a home run when he hits one in the postseason. I'll say I'll say this: it, it is not a bad thing for the Braves that the Cardinals are choosing that hill to die on, because a little bit of motivation, not that they need it anymore, but a little bit of uh, extra fire might be good heading into Friday. Um, and Ronnie seems to play with that kind of joy. Um, maybe a little fire will be good. I don't mind that. Uh. I mean, I don't know, Eric. We can probably wrap up now or soon. It, it, it was a bad loss. A lot of really weird things and unlucky things happened to the Braves, along with some fortunate things. Uh, but nothing makes me think that the, the Braves, you know, don't deserve to be here. And it's you know this completely dire situation. It was just an unfortunate loss that feels particularly bad, uh, given how it happened and the stage it was on. But again, I'm I'm, I'm not losing heart <laughs> by any means, and you know. I was, you know, there was a lot of things to like, particularly the two guys that you were worried about being hurt. It seems like they are performing, they can perform reasonably well, which is what they needed to win this series. Yeah, your two best players being healthy and good, I think, uh, is very helpful. Looking to the future, um, I would amend my Braves in four pick because um, winning three in a row is not super likely. It's certainly possible. I could be right. Um, but, yeah, still a very live chance to win this series. And uh, if we're talking Friday night, and by the way, we are planning to have a podcast after the game, after game two. If we're talking about this series being in an 0-2 hole heading back to St. Louis, um, we'll be less optimistic, I have a feeling, about the chances to win the series. Yeah. But um, yeah, we'll do this again in 24 hours, and hopefully it is uh, not quite as painstaking as tonight is. Because tonight was uh, not enjoyable, if we're being honest with each other. Yeah, it was a th- it was a tough one for sure. Just, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, like I, I I've kind of shouted about all the things that I really wanted. Yeah, to shout I think we're about. good. I mean, I, I I I'm not outraged by anything. It just it feels bad, and I really don't like how some of the narratives are being you know portrayed right now. I just yeah, don't. I'm I'm actively still now at 11 p.m. Thursday night. I'm still bothered about how Ronald Acuna is being discussed, and I'm still bothered about uh, Mark Blanson facing Colton Wong in the ninth inning. Those are the two things that will that are going to bother me until tomorrow at least, and we'll see how that goes. But 
just wanted to update everybody on, on my mental state. Those are the two things that I have not that I have not come to grips with just yet. Um, so there you go. There's still time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, there, there's 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 a time for we healing, have until you know? four thirty seven p.m. Eastern time on Friday to get um, yeah the, the slate clean again. And by the way, um, it might take that long. I, I I think the crowd was okay tonight. They probably got a little bit quiet because of how things went. Four thirty seven on Friday, man. That's a tough one for uh, people trying to get there. Yeah, I mean, so. one of two things is going to happen. Either it's you know the, the, it's not going to be as well attended as it should be, or traffic's going to be a complete and total nightmare. Um, I, I'm leaning towards the latter. I think a lot of people are going to try to get to the game, but uh, it's, uh, that that traffic situation at that time of day, particularly with you know how Atlanta work you know work hours work and things like that, it's going to be weird. Uh, and I don't really know how parking is going to work efficiently, but. You know, we'll see how it goes. TBD. We'll uh, we'll say good luck to everybody. And just for the record, uh, the rest of the times were announced as our final thing here for the rest of the series, if if necessary, for a couple of these. But game three, four ten on Sunday, um, Monday three oh seven, in Monday three oh seven p.m. Eastern time, which is a two oh seven start in St. Louis, and then Wednesday, if necessary, for game five five oh two in Atlanta. So those are out there. And for me, that means double duty on Monday and Wednesday because the Hawks have games those nights. So I'm going to have a couple of really, really long nights at the office, Eric. But that's okay. Uh, uh, potentially. Potential nights at the office. That's a good point. We're hoping to have to work, at least in game four. Um, yes. So, yeah, there you go. All right, Eric. Well, thanks for joining me as always, my friend. We will do this again with the two of us at least one more time in the series, I'd imagine. I think Scott's back in the saddle for Friday. Um, everybody should, should shame Scott for not being here tonight, but he had work stuff and Pacific yeah, Time stuff. real-life responsibility. Well, listen, uh, when they first pitch games at 5.02 Eastern, that means Scott. it's 2 o'clock where Scott lives and on a Thursday. And, uh, you know, people have jobs, including me and you and Scott. So. No, no excuses. Play like a champion. You that gotta, is true. You gotta, you gotta, so, Scott, get here on Friday for listening to this, my friend. Anyway, thank you, Eric. We'll do this again very soon. Subscribe to the podcast, everybody. I know it's not a fun one tonight, but hopefully Friday days ahead. And uh, we'll talk to everybody on Friday. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today 